Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. He doesn't understand the epic importance of his actions. He has to know that the human being is part of Tyra. And he's not hit 40 times, he's hit 39. Because the human being's perspective on this is Kaiveya. What Hashem says and how the human being learns it. And that brings to prayer. Prayer, it matters how you feel, shockingly. It matters how you feel. And Hashem made a world and affects the world how you see it. That prayer works and kach, there's, that Abnasen Vachsvog used to quote the Pasik. Prayer is mind boggling. Luchu navni vachacha, come fight me, Hashem says, and that's prayer. Luchu navni vachacha, come fight me is prayer. Hashem invites the human being to fight him. It's mind blowing. That's why I, I don't relate to davening. Hashem, uh, he knows everything. You're, you don't relate that your perspective matters. Hashem, this is how us humans see it. This is how we see it. And you cared. It matters because Hashem says that it matters, the human being, how you see it. And He sends a whole bracha by you asserting what you see. All the greats and the Torah who argued with Hashem, it's like Hashem doesn't know what you're saying. Hashem was saying, please express your perspective. And that matters, your perspective on it. That's the amazing Kiddush of Tefillah, that it matters, the human perspective. And come and come demand. I think we daven way too softly. We daven apologetically. Am I allowed to say it? Say it, say it, speak it out. Express your perspective. Hashem wants to hear it. He's misavid as a lushan of taival atfilas and shal yisrael. Luchun navani vacha. Please fight me. I want your perspective. Rai Shapiro brilliantly expressed on Shabbos that we start Shmanesse with praises of Hashem. He's everything. We start with three praises of Hashem. First three brachs. Then we go into this incredible portion of 12 bakashes requests, which you're fighting Hashem, the perspective of human being. Constantly reviewing that Hashem is the source of all. You're the Reifei Chalbasa, but Reifeinu Hashem. Heal us. I know you're the Reifei, so heal us, Hashem. Please heal us, Hashem. It would be such a Kiddush Shemayim. It would be so appropriate. Please, Hashem. And my perspective matters. You want my perspective. You ask for my perspective. Come and fight me. You want my perspective. You want the perspective of a human being. That's prayer. He said that after we do all that, we say, Maidim. We say, Maidim, we just fought. We just said our, our such a human, limited perspective. So we thank Hashem. And then we close with Sim Shalom, the Brach of Shalom. He said, right, Shapiro explained to us the bracha of Shalom is we're asking Hashem, ultimately I want your perspective. Bar Panecha. With Yar Hashem Panav Elecha, the Haras Panam of Hashem is Hashem's perspective. Ultimately, all my prayers are because I have a limited perspective. Give me Shalom. I beg you, Hashem, right now all I have is my perspective. Can I please have a better perspective? That's Shalom. That's the Ha'aras Panam of Hashem. There's a tremendous correlation between Torah and the Ha'aras Panam of Hashem because Torah is Hashem's perspective. So Torah and the process of Torah is us pulling in Hashem's perspective the way we see it. But that's what we daven, Yar Hashem Panam 
but that the human being's perspective is significant, is a chiddush nifla of prayer. But I want to share that Torah contains that chiddush. When Hashem studies Torah, He asks, how have Yasser sees it? The Gemara in Bamatsiya that loy bashamaymi, that it matters how the human being perceives Torah. The human being's perspective matters in Hashem's eyes and wants the human being's perspective and brings bracha to the world through the human being's requests. He says, Baruch Aleinu Hashem, give Parnasa. For us, we're human here. We see that you're somebody who has Parnasa, give Parnasa. I had an aunt whose child was sick and she was so upset at Hashem. You're the healer. You're the one who controls refuah. How can you not care about your kid? You love him. I don't get you. was so angry and frustrated and praying. All wrapped in one. It mattered her prayer. It mattered her perspective. Who knows the Yeshua's? Who knows the extra days of life? The miracles that were, that from, from a prayer like that, because the human being's perspective matters. Why does it matter? Because prayer comes that don't be afraid to have a perspective and come and daven and ask Hashem how it appears. Now you're fully aware and you say to Hashem, Sim Shalom, Hashem, give me a perspective. This is the limited perspective I have. And it allows me, maybe I just have this half the reason I have it's Hashem wants a relationship and wants me to cry out, but please share your perspective. I have told the guys here before this line that your kid's perception is your reality. How your kids perceive it matters to you. Any healthy parent cares how his, how his kids perceive it. So that's not what happened, that's how I perceived it. And your perception matters. How you perceive it matters. Your kid's perception. And Hashem cares about our perception. That's prayer. And a whole world that He wants what we perceive. And will bring bracha based on the perception of a human being. Or big bracha. And if to us we come with a fight. In a sense, Hashem, you're kind. And this, your kindness will be best displayed this way. And He wants that perception. And will bring kindness through it. He did that by Avraham Avinu. And will continue to do that by us. So I wanted to share this amazing ins- this amazing mitzvah with Torah because I think that's a good segue into prayer, which prayer is primarily the perception of a human being and a human being saying, "Hashem, this is how it looks to me," and he comes to Hashem, and Hashem, based on the way the human being is seeing it, sends tremendous, tremendous bracha. A human being is validated as perceptions validated. And for an intellectual to get up and say, I don't get prayers, I'm not going to dive. And he doesn't know that the human perception is valid. One day with his own kid, that's a guy who might say, well, I'm smarter and I know. I hear, but your kid's perception matters. And you actually want to hear your kid's perception. It actually matters to you how they're perceiving things, even though you say, that's not what happened. But it matters, but that's how they perceive it. And that matters to you, because they matter. Or the say their perception matters. The smug father who says, that's not what happened. You're missing the boat. It doesn't matter how. You could be a genius, but you have that your kid has a perception. And his perception you have to live with as a reality. And by the way, the whole prayer is Hashem lives with our perception and it counts. And it matters. And it's significant. And I say, come and fight me, Hashem says. Isn't that a remarkable chiddush of prayer, why, why? Remarkable that it matters so. 
Someone wants to ask, why does Hashem value our perception? He does. That's the gift of prayer. That's the gift of this relationship. That it's alive, ever relevant, ever present to our world. A beautiful shot. Ray Shapiro said something remarkably similar. Ben is saying whenever we say Hashem is Chayim, by a human being alive is as opposed to dead. By God, there's no Mitzis. What does it mean Chayim? Kim Chayim. What does it mean alive as opposed to what? And Ben is saying, Divil Kim Chaim is ever relevant and present to our life. That's the Chaim. Because of our perspective matters, that's as a profound connection. It's not like we're in a separate world from Hashem. The, the perception we have, I think with your own kids, if you're there and you, and, you, and you care about their perspective, that's a present relationship. Maybe that's Divil Kim Chaim. Very nice shot, Ben Sisi. Shapiro says something very similar. You had this chat before? Not a lot. Wow, wow, wow. The Elu Ve'elu, that both Pshatim are eternal and matter, and that the perspective of a person matters is a very important part of everybody's Limanatir. That you sit down, you're not observing a ball game. That sometimes people struggle with the shears that you're going down and you're like, uh, you, you feel like you're a fan in the stands. When you learn Torah, you should never feel that way. It matters how it's hitting you. It matters what you see in the Gemara, what's it saying, what's, and as you're toiling and working and have your perspective ever matters a lot. You're an active participant, not a, it's not a spectator thing. That's Torah. And that actually empowers a davener because his perspective matters. The understanding of that is Torah. It's not just Torah, Hashem speaks to us, we speak to him. In Torah, it speaks about a perspective that matters, and you could bring that perspective to prayer. There are amazing gemaras of Hanina ben Daisa making circles and fighting with Hashem, because that's what Hashem says, come fight me. Your perspective matters, and talk to me with your perspective. Describe what you're seeing, and Hashem through that brings bracha. I could see so many fathers, so many healthy fathers. It's not even a kasha why Hashem made a world that way. That's a world of connection and relationship. Your kid's perception is your reality, and you're training your kid that it matters how he perceives things. And Hashem made a whole world that bracha and good things come from prayer is a beautiful world that empowers the man's perspective and the man's view of things. It absolutely matters. And Hashem brings bracha through that. It's wild. We've discussed in Ayin Toiv and the effect of a human being on another person. The human perspective matters. That would be like such an important takeaway from Limerat Torah and from Tefillah 
And for somebody to say, like, I don't know how to daven because what Hashem knows, that's a, that's a world he doesn't understand, that human perspective matters. We whisper, we whisper Baruch Shem because of how chiddishtik it is. That's why we whisper Baruch Shem. The Kvayd Malchusa is the human being behavior, is the honor, brings honor to Hashem. We whisper because it's so wild that it's true, Kach Gazer Hashem, but we don't say it loudly. It's like arrogant that it matters, the human being, but he does. So we whisper Baruch Shem. Very good, Avrami. Very good. That whole prayer that you're a Shemayat Filah, it may be the, the Siddur is the earliest Sefer we have in Tarish Peh, and Baruch Atah Hashem Shemayat Filah. You're a list, it's a Chiddush Nefla, it's like a wild Chiddush that Hashem is a Shemayat Filah. He cares about human perspective, he hears prayer. That it matters the human perspective. He's a shemeyat tefillah. A yid said, I don't do well with davening. Philosophically, I don't understand. Hashem's a shemeyat tefillah. He does care about human perspective. Ephraim? Doesn't work. Ephraim saying here it worked out. Elu ve'elu was like very neat and easy here because both things did happen. A lot of times elu ve'elu won't work out. We'll have machleksim where it can't be both. Interesting, interesting. I hear what you're asking. That what do you do all those countless times in shas where you can't be miyashiv it so easily? I still think it's true Elu Velu, but it has to be worked out what the Elu Velu is. Here it was like an easy one. How does this play out? It's a shame. Like, why couldn't the Gemara give us Elu Velu in every Machleik is Hel The one time it like shares with us the Elu Velu, this both things happen. Usually it's not so easy. It's a very, it's a very valid point. But you're definitely right. Bensi's not, he, he, I mean, Ephraim's not disagreeing with that. For sure you're right. And the Elu Ve'elu normally, it's just interesting that the one time it speaks out the Elu Ve'elu was a story that both things happen. Normally it's harder, but you'd have to work out how both truths are truths. And there are other ways to work it out in each sugya, how both truths are powerful truths that exist in the world. It just, this is an easier place where it actually speaks it out is easier than most cases. You almost wish, Ephraim saying, we wish we had the Elu Ve'elu 
like ability in every sugi explain to us how both sides have a reality. Maybe this is harder to do it here because the story and both things, I don't know. Could be it's easier. Ephraim's point is this one is very specific, a story that two things did happen. It's an easier way to show us Elu Belu. The way we know it is Kashas records it. If it wasn't Elu Velu, it wouldn't be recorded. All over Shas, right, but it records both. It records both, it has to be, it's ever relevant. Otherwise, it wouldn't record it. That's the, that's the raya to Elu Velu. There's Psak, we have Psak, and yet it's recorded. That's, that's what I think. The reason why it says Divrei Elohim is that like a... Yeah, I don't know why Elohim also be with Elohim. Why not refer to him as Hashem? I don't know. That's a good question here. It says Divrei Elohim. There's, there's a Gemara. It's interesting. There's a Gemara that we, we just bordered that I wasn't planning on learning with the Chavra today. If I have Rishos, we'll learn, it's right next door to Gemara we just studied. It's relevant to a prayer we say in Shmanesh. I wasn't planning on learning to the guys, but we just finished Sukkah last night, and it said, Toiv L'Tzadik, Toiv that the tzaddik gets benched and a shachin. So we had a gemara that we studied. I want to study a shachin gemara. I want to first ask Rabbi Stern to share something a little mean here. They're putting Rabbi Stern on the spot like that. I'm going to ask. I want to study a gemara in a couple of minutes. First, let's hear something from Rabbi Stern for a few minutes. And then we'll get back to the second gemara. Ask him, Abi. Okay, I wanna. I'll, I'll be honest. I try to be honest. It's a stickle fantasy of mine to speak by one of these. I like like many other women in this world. That this is a stickle like. I'm very grateful for whoever records it. And uh, it honestly it changed my life. When I was, uh, I, I live in Artsel, I was supposed to be in Artsel for nine years. And I, and I came back, and there's always like, when you come back from Artsel, there's always like a little bit of adjustment because you, know, you always want to steig and you always want to grow, but you feel like it should look the same as Artsel. And when you realize that the Steigen in America, for most people, just looks different. I was getting used to this. I was doing a lot more driving, and I was listening to different shirim. I started listening to the Rebbe or the Rav or Alter from Durham, as one of my friend calls him. And uh, and uh, he said it's okay to get old. So, <laughs> so this is. Uh, I know he's 25. I know. Lemaisa, so 27. So, so it's something that really changed my life, and, uh, and I'm forever grateful. And, and I think that, that honestly, the, the number one biggest problem with Waterbury, I know 
coming to Waterbury saying the biggest problem with Waterbury, I guess that makes me a real rebel, you know. But what I want to tell you is that there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an issue that you guys have, which is a hard thing, that you know, a baby, when it, when it first starts eating solids, first starts eating food, so it, uh, it just loves everything. Whatever it eats, whatever it drinks, it, it, it enjoys it because it's better than formula. I don't know if you've ever smelled formula. It's like a pretty nasty thing. And whatever it gets, it gets very excited. But if let's say imagine you start off a baby on like ice cream, it would be very hard to work backwards on what happens. So Havdal, you guys, the guys here a lot of times were, you know, it's the beginning of growth. You guys start, start stagging in high school, whatever it is, and you're like one, two years old in a Ruchnius year, and you're being exposed to one of the biggest people that we have around. It's a little bit hard sometimes to scale back. You go around, you realize, like, wait a minute, like, it all, it all started there, but that was, that was very, very good. And that's, a, that's honestly, I think that's the biggest problem in Waterbury, something that you can't really do much about. So that's a, that, that, that's a big thing. I want to just talk quickly because... Sounds. I'm not off the cuff. I had a feeling the Rebbe might put me on the spot, and then I, I wasn't able to listen so well because I was thinking a little bit. But there's something, a message I, that I feel is very important. I, I once went to another yeshiva and I said the same thing, which it's hard to speak things over. You get bored. You get bored of yourself a little bit. But but I think this is a, it's a very strong message. It's something I found it in my life. That's a big uh, like we're in the middle of the Muhammad Chazaka, of the the big fight with the Itzahara. It's a, it's a very hush of a thing. I also, it's you know, I, I didn't only come to see to see Rebbe, also to see so, so many guys. I I have the privilege. I my first year teaching, I had seven guys in my class, and five Baruch made it here, made it to Yeshiva, made it to Waterbury, and, and Shtaigda. I guess you know, my brother Simcha, he quoted a morale that that I guess you're, you're when you speak, it's like you're panemius. You can't hide yourself. So I guess I had a lot of guys ended up here. I guess I you know that passed along the the Talmidim. But there's a lot of guys. Again, it's a yeshiva of, of Pneumius. It's a special place. I love, you know, sometimes the guy tells me, yeah, I saw this guy that you had or whatever he's in Waterbury. He looks, this, like, the looks don't matter here. What matters is what's going on, on the inside, the Pneumius, and that's, that's the way it should be. It's a very, very hush of a thing. So uh, it's, it's great to see, that, see, see the boys. Um, so I just want to get back to, very quickly. Is, uh, there's, there's something, I, I had a Rebbe, I was in, I was actually in Arsameh for two years, and I had a Rebbe of Dala. Rabdal was about Shuva. He was, uh, he's, he is about Shuva. He's a person, a very, very thought-out person, a doctor, formerly a doctor. And Rabdal said one of the best mishalom I've ever heard in my life. I wanted to share with you. Then I wanted to share the other side. I apologize. I'm speaking about potential for a second, okay? But I'm not going to stop there. Well, I just want to discuss it. And he said, he said over that. Imagine you see a bunch of. Like the president decides to send in like the Navy SEALs and like the Marines and like the whole army into this little village, you know, in Africa. It's like a little picket fence and like guys walking around with spears and like loincloths and they don't look like heavily armed. And you're wondering like, what's, what's going on over here? What's going on over here? You're sending in all these, you know, these armed forces. Any intelligent person would look into this. Obviously, much more than meets the eye. There might be, you know, Saddam Hussein or someone hiding on there, or like there's a nuclear reactor, or whatever. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that the president's sending all these special forces and there's nothing, you know, and over there there's, there's nothing there. It just doesn't make any sense. I, I never met somebody, including myself. I never met somebody. Else. My Yitzhar is like overrated. Like he's not so good. Like whatever, you know, things are pretty easy for me. Any guy you talk to would probably think they have the strongest seats around, I think. I never met a guy who didn't think that way. So you don't think that on the other side it's a fair fight? Hashem sends us this powerful Yitzhahara. You don't think it's like there's nothing there? 
He's sending in the special forces, the Marines, everything. Yitzhar comes at you in so many different ways. We don't think there's something at least at least as powerful on the other side. It's not a fair fight. And it's it's a tremendous riot to the Chelek al-Kamimal, the peace of God that's inside of us, that's just pulsating and just wants just wants Ruchnius. It just want, it just wants it just wants to stay. And it doesn't make sense any other way. And that's really it's something that shows of the, the, the way it is, one of the... Revolt brings down, I forgot from who, is the altar, I'm very bad with names, it ruins all my Gedalim stories. You know, someone in the last like 300 years. But I think, I don't remember, it may have, may have been the altar from Kelm. But he says over that, that, uh, that, that um, a person... I forgot, I forgot that. I forgot that, Nikita, I want to get back to my point. The, the, the point is that a person has this this very strong, this very strong power within. Yeah, he says that a person, Adam Rishan, he speaks about Adam Rishan that the Malachim, I think, says, mistook him for, for a god. He says that really a human being is like that. A human being in its most proper form is like that. That all the animals bow down to, right? They all, I had a friend who said he once walked, I think, that a and like dogs were like bowing down when he walked, when he walked by. There's a, there's a certain, the way human beings are supposed to be, an Adam is an Adam. That's the power of an Adam, but... I want to talk about what the, the danger of that is, and I think this is the battle within all, all of us. And that is, I want to, I want to tell a, a sports marshal. I think uh, John would appreciate it very much. And it's, it's something that I, uh, I'm, I, I appreciate football very much. And, and I, want to, I know it's football season here in, football season here in Durham. And, and uh, very fascinating, there's something called, I, I appre- especially appreciate the NFL draft. It's like a strange thing. I like the intrigue. I really appreciate it more in the season. It's a weird thing. Barash, I'm a Jet fan, so it's very exciting usually. And uh, this, this is something that, you know, I, following that, I, I, it's something very fascinating here. And I think it's a very good muscle for, for the other side, what the danger is. So there's something called in, in football and really in all sports called a bust. A bust is you have a guy who's drafted a high position and, and, and they, they, they bring him in. And he totally disappoints. And a lot of times these guys, you know, two years later, like another team, sometimes they have a smart team, picks them up, switches them. But a lot of times these guys are washed out of the league in a few years. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sad thing. And there's a crazy, I think there's a step. There's more like fourth round picks and on than the first three rounds in, in, the, NFL, in the NFL. And there's a crazy thing There's sometimes it happens. A smart team picks up a player that was supposed to be very, very good. And, he switch it, and they switch positions. But they put him in a certain role. And all of a sudden, he's great. But he goes down in history as a bust. You look at this guy. He played 10 years in the NFL, offensive lineman. He was drafted. He was number two overall, supposed to be the left tackle, generational left tackle. And it didn't really work out the high expectations. Another team trades maybe like a conditional six-round pick. They move him into left guard. And this happened many times. I could tell you examples later. I have a brother, another brother, Chasher brother, Hobi. Who, uh, who tines anytime you say sports, Michelle, we lose everybody, especially if you use names. So, I don't know, maybe not here. But that's sometimes you use names, you know, you say somebody's name and everyone, all of a sudden everyone's all over the place. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things like this. The guy all of a sudden plays 10 years at left guard, makes $150 million of his career, continues as an analyst, raises a nice, a nice mishpacha, and this guy will go down in the history of sports as a bust, as a bust. You're like, really? NFL, they say, stands for not for long. The average career is 2.6 years, whatever it is. The guy played 10 years. He made a lot of money. So what is it that someone thought that he, some analyst thought he was going to be like the best, you know, the best left tackle of his generation? He's a success. And I think the part that we're always fighting 
there's a, there's a bacher in this sudi named Moshe Kleiner, right? I had in Camp Agudah. So Moshe, Moshe said something very fascinating. I was talking about it a little bit, but he knocked it home. He said, we're overwhelmed by our potential sometimes. We're overwhelmed by our potential. And because we know the first moves, we know how powerful we all are, what happens is, is that we're so overwhelmed by it, we can't, we can't do things. We can't appreciate anything. A guy who's not getting out of bed, and it's, you know, it's late in the afternoon already, he's really sitting there in his bed crushed by his potential. He knows what he's capable of. Maybe he has a parent, maybe he has a, a Rebbe from way back saying, you're, this, you're such a smart guy. You know what you could be if you'd apply yourself? And he's crushed by that enormous potential. Who said that? Who said that? You don't know what my fights are. How in the world do you know that? How in the world do you say that? You're saying I'm a generational left tackle. Who says? Maybe I'm a great left guard. How is that, how is that, how is that, how is that possible? And that's what our job, our job, I think, always is to, is to balance these two. To have the sheaf. Sameach B'chalka is one of the memchas kenenatayra. And a lot of the first ones say it's not just in Gashmi. It's Sameach B'chalka, being happy with your chilek and ruchnias. I, that's a stira. The Rav talks about this a lot also. But I, that's a stira. How could it be? You're satisfied. When people are satisfied with what they have, they usually, they usually don't grow more. But that's what it is. We know we're all, we're all powers inside of us. But whenever we feel that, just don't get overwhelmed by your potential. Appreciate things. Never say like, oh, I should have. I got out of bed. But it was 5 o'clock. Got out of bed. There are guys who don't get out of bed. A guy says, I came to davening. It was late. Okay? But you came to davening. Don't add the but at the end of the sentence. Don't change the whole thing. Don't change from positive to negative. Don't get, don't get overwhelmed by, by, by our potential. I think this is a, this is a tremendous mulchama chazaka. That we're, that we're always part of, weighing up, pumping up, not to sell ourselves short, knowing what we are capable of and trying to strive towards that, at the same time, at the same time, weighing up and not, not, you know, not, not saying, oh, this is Nebuch, you know, what it is, I'm, I'm a bust. And always appreciating every little thing that's done. Thanks so much, Rabbi. Robert Gallery, Eric Flowers, you keep going. There's this many guys. I don't want to lose everyone, right? It's about to continue. Chaim, I want to learn a Gemara. First of all, I start to thank you. Amazing. I want to study a Gemara again, just like I said, Toibu Tzadik, Toibu Shkina, we learned one Gemara. The Shachay is a Tzadik also. Chaim, I want to share Pshad and the Gemara based on the current events, Menachem. Something just happened in the world, and a Rebbe told this Chassidim something. I want to study what a Rebbe told this Chassidim in Eretz Yisrael. He gathered about 5,000 of his Chassidim, and he told them something that I was Nishtoim from. There was a group of Hasidim that were attacked. They were physically attacked and hurt. And the Rebbe called a tremendous Hasifa before Shavuos of all his Hasidim. And he was rallying his Hasidim. And I'm going to try to give over. He spoke, all the Hasidim were waiting for his words. The Hasidim were attacked and hurt. And they were waiting for the Rebbe's Divrei Chizuk. For the first while, all he spoke about was Shavuos. Chassidim came, they were ready for like, everybody was excited. What he spoke about, Shavuos, Dvarim Neflam about Shavuos. 
And then for like a couple of minutes he addressed what they went through. I want to try to do justice, if I can, in my own words, to tell you what he says by learning a Gemara Gittin Davzayin. Hudi, I want to learn this Gemara. I never told you this chat. Let's, let's learn this Gemara together. Listen, Hudi. Davzayin, I'm an Aleph in Gittin. We'll do this fast. The Gemara says as follows. Shalach lay mar ukfa l'rablazer. Mar ukfa, this, mar ukfa, sends to Rebliezer, to Rebliezer, he sends him the following question. Bnei adam o'ayim demalai. There are people that are opposing me, that are fighting me. Ubiyadi l'masram l'malchus. I could take them to court, I could give them over to the king. I have the goods against them and I can get them in trouble. Ma'u, what's the halacha? I can get them in trouble with government. They'll lock them up. They're standing up to me. They're causing me problems, Shalom. And I can get them in trouble. Ma, what's the halacha? You already hear this, Gemara? See, sends, Mar Okva sends to Rebelezer, people are starting up with me. I have the power to take them and get them in trouble. Should I do it? Seertate because of Lee. Rebelezer writes back to Mar Okva, Amarti, I said, Eshmra Darki Mechatoi, I guard my way from sinning, Bill Shiny with my mouth, Eshmra Lupi Machsim. He says that I guard my mouth, I make a Machsim Lufi, Boid Rashal Negdi. So even though the Rush is standing up to me, I guard my mouth. He said, Don't, don't tell on them, that's what Rebelezer says back to my Rukva. Shalach it's a little while later. And these people are not stopping. They're making me crazy. And I can't do anything about it. I can't stop them. My only hope is to tell the government, what should I do? They don't let go. They're continuously bothering me. They're being with Sarah. It's interesting. The Gemara doesn't say what they were doing, this, this, this evil person. But he's making my Ukva crazy. So Shalach Leis, he says back to him, Doim Lashem Vizchayloi, Doim Lashem Yapim Lachachalol Mchalol. What does that mean? Hashkem Baharvalim Lebeis Medrash. He darshins a pasuk, and he says, Get up early and late to the base Medrash. Vein Kolim Eilem, and they'll die on their own. Learn Torah. Go to the base Medrash evening and night, and they'll die on their own. Hadavar Yatsim Epir Belazar, Rebelazar gave this psak, Vinasnua Ligniva Bekailer, and the bad guy was a guy named Gniva. He's only mentioned in one in one Mesechta in Shas. He's mentioned in Mesechta's Gittin four times. It's fascinating, Gittin is a Mesechta of separation. Gniva was a Talmud Chacham who was divisive. The Gemara says Bar Urian, he's a Talmud Chacham, but he's Palga. He's a divisive fellow. It's fascinating. The only Masechta in Shasi's mentioned is in the Masechta of Break Apart of Gittin. And he's mentioned here that Geneva gets locked up. The government on his own takes him away. So what, what Rebbe Lazar says to, what Rebbe Lazar says to Mar Okfa is go learn Torah and Hashem will deal with it. What was, Mar- what was Rebbe Lazar saying to Marukva? Marukva says he's making me nuts. And did he make, he, he could have used the words, ignore him. What's Hashkem Bahar of Aleim Lebeis Medrash? The words are even Hashkem Bahar of Aleim Lebeis Medrash. 
go early and late, allay him. What's allay him? Ignore them. It's really, he, base, he says, Marukva says to Rebbe Lazar, there are people coming after me, fighting me, go, challenging me, saying bad things about me. So he could have said ignore. He doesn't say ignore. He says, Hashkin Baharav Aleyam Lubeis Medrash. Go early and late. Go to the base Medrash Aleyam on them. What's this Aleyam? Go learn. Ignore them. Do what you do. Don't let them throw you off your game. This Rebbe told this Hasidim something interesting. He said when you're attacked, he said you can make it all about the attacker. You have personal animosity and you make a whole fight with the attacker. There's a whole other way of living that I learn what I can learn for me. It's not about the attacker. In as much as they're teaching me something, they're attacking me. In as much as they're saying something that I can change, so then let me change it. Make it about yourself. Don't make it a response. Don't be busy with them. Hashkim v'harva leyem l'beis medrash is bring them to the base medrash. Bring what they say to your own world of avodas Hashem. In as much as there's something we can learn and fix up and correct, so let's do it. Maybe we can learn from their attacks, Amuna. Maybe whatever you can take out that's relevant to your sugya, bring to the base medrash. The Rebbe taught the Hasidim that we're attacked, if we make this a fight about them, if we make this a fight about the adversary and we're busy with him, then our whole lives have been disrupted. We're all of a sudden about this other person. If we keep it about ourselves and what I've learned, what it's brought out of me, and it might be some criticism they said that I learned to correct. It might be just from having an attacker that I learned something about me. If we keep the sugya about ourselves, Hashem will deal with them. That doesn't become our sugya, the enemy. I can't be busy there. This is the Rebbe gathered his chassidim and told his chassidim. It was very cool because he first spoke about Shavuos for about an hour and a half. And he did it. He didn't just say this. They had this big gathering, 5,000 chassidim. And they went through something serious. The Rebbe felt to address it, though. People were hurt. People were very... But first the Rebbe spoke. That's what he was saying. Let's, 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 let's face Shavuos. He spoke for an hour and a half, Devarim Neflam, breathing Shavuos into his chassidim, talking about Shavuos, uplifting them to the spirit of Shavuos. And then he said the attitude of somebody attacking is what we can learn, what we can change, what we can affect, how we can figure in our own life things we could be mechazek. So let's be mechazek. And their sugya, and what, but, but let's not make them our sugya. He didn't just say ignore. He said take it as your sugya and the areas that you can work on, you can perfect. You can grow, grow, and then... I've watched, I have watched Bachrim, and it's something I'm thinking about in a time when guys are holding minutes before graduation. I have watched people be hurt by, by, a, by whether it's a system or a person. The sophisticated person develops his sugya, 
develops his own sugya, works through, that could be feelings, we're human beings, but develops their own sugya, their own sugya of being healthy and passionate and robust, successful steigers. And you find from that place of healing, from that place of steiging, from that place, they're Michael other people and they let go from that place. They're not busy with the other person. I think that's all lies in the words Hashkem Bahar Vudesamedrish. Take yourself morning and night, Aleim, beyond there. And whatever it brought out, it brought out stuff. And if there are feelings to work through, so work through those feelings. Don't continue to live the sugya of that person. The focus is not on how bad that person, it's not creating a them and a hisnagdos. It's Hashkem Bahar Vudesam Vudesamedrish. Let me develop my own life, my own career of Avodah Hashem, a healthy place. And he will find on its own the adversaries. Their story will happen on its own. It won't be relevant to you anymore. The words come out of Rebbe mouth. They take Geneva out. Hashem, Hashem handles Geneva's own sugya. That's handled by itself. There's an unsuccessful way of living or continuing to make the other person your sugya continuously focused and busy with the other mensch, and there's the Hashkem Bahar Valeim Lebeis Medrash approach, where the person's own Avaydis Hashem and own healing and own story of service is what's focused on Yosef. So I wanted to study that beautiful Gemara, that advice, Rebbe Lazar to, to, to Marukva, that's right near Rebbe Yasser Gemara, that I think is instructive in our own so you Rebbe Mamish got up he didn't come from this Gemara but he got up and said this to his Hasidim Shtark like he first said it by speaking about Shavuos for an hour and a half but that's what he was saying they were all waiting for a response to a difficult situation he spoke about Shavuos then he spoke about taking in as much as we can learn from our own difficulty as much as we can Whatever it is, whether we learn more empathy, whatever it is we learn from our own story to bring to the base medrash, and not to make our story about the other person, to try as best as we can by focusing on our own healing and our own success and our own connection to Hashem and detaching from the, the part of the other person. That's, this is all part of the Isser Nekama. It's all part of the Isser Nekama is that the focus is on the person and what he went through. You're allowed to focus on you and what you went through. To focus on the adversary, to focus on the perpetrator a lot. Hashkem Bahar Go yourself, Aleim, higher than them, above them, the high road. Go to the base Medrash, Ven And the adversary, that Hashem will deal with that. That will work on its own. That's not your sugyan. That advice I appreciate a lot. We're going to dive in the you have been listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shearim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including Myron McClellan's on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427. Or email info at shasilluminated.org.